0: What's going on Patriots fans Kyrie Thompson with another episode of first in Foxborough free agency edition like number four and today I got one of our old friends of the show who is now firmly entrenched in Patriots media that would be Mr. Taylor Kyles the new Patriots reporter for CLNS media what's going on my
1: man. What's up, brother? It's been a really, it's been a lot going on this week, obviously, you know, start of the free agency and everything, but it's exciting being on board, man. I'm uh, excited to be back.
0: Yeah, and you know what? I mean, I, like many people, have been feasting on your content. Um, You know, people who aren't doing that, you should definitely do it because the insights, the film study are top-notch. You better go ahead and do that. So, look, Taylor, let's get right into it. Mm
1: -hmm. I wrote
0: this morning... And my, my feeling has been that the Patriots are a better team on paper. They are a better team now than they were on Monday morning.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: But how much better are they? How, how? first of all, do you agree with that? And secondly, how much better are they? And how should we be feeling about it?
1: Yeah, well, I think that's pretty fair assessment. When you So I guess the biggest one is obviously Juju. Uh, kind of swapping in for Jacoby Myers. The roles aren't going to be one-to-one, yeah. but when you think of all the great Patriots teams or the great Patriots receivers, they're usually guys who obviously make big catches, big moments, but they're all guys who are fantastic after the catch, like Edelman, Welker, Gronk, James White, Amon Dole. Like all these guys are making plays with the ball in their hands, and they didn't have a lot of guys doing that last year. Kendrick Bourne can didn't have a huge role. Now you finally got a guy who can take the ball and house it if he needs to 40 yards um, under the right circumstances. So receiving core, I think definitely got a boost. Um, losing Johnu, you know, isn't great, but at the same time, the role they had for him, clearly he wasn't much of a game changer. So kind of not a huge loss. At least they got some draft capital out of it. Um, so, and then on the offensive line, right tackle, I think Riley reap is better than any of the guys they had out there last year, simply from the perspective of he's a veteran he's got a lot of experience and even when you look at his tape last year like against Hassan, uh, Hassan Redick he actually held his own pretty well he does a decent job against speed which with a 34 year old tackle you'd think that'd be a pretty big problem and he does a good job because he takes good angles and he understands like timing and when he needs to make an impact to get those guys around the edge uh, so I think offensively, they're definitely moving in the right direction. Still need to add some pieces, but it's only the fourth day, so we got time. And then defensively, they retained almost everybody. I, I think um, uh, up to this point, they haven't lost anybody on defense outside of Devin McCordy, Obviously, the retirement, that's a huge blow, and something's going to have to be done there. Uh, we'll see if Taylor Rapp is possibly the answer. Taylor Gang. Uh, but yeah, no, I really do think they're, at least on defense, they uh, – I don't want to say they're staying the same because that's usually a a bad indication uh, with free agency. But at the same time, when you're retaining your own guys, especially John Jones at a really good deal under market value, I think you have to say they're doing a pretty good job.
0: Yes. To stick with the offensive side of the football. So you already touched on the on the juju part, The, the fact that his. Ability to create more yards after the catch is something that Jacoby Myers just didn't really have in his game. And particularly in this offense, you need every yard that you can get. And Mm -hmm. so having guys that can make a play on top of a play is going to be important. More on that later. I want to bring that back later. Because you have you have a, a draft opinion that I have been on board with for a very long time. We shall get into that. But I want. I want to stick with Reef for a second mm-hmm. and the offensive line, because the big thing is were they going to go out and splurge on offensive tackle? And the answer was no, right? Mm-hmm. Mike McGlinchey gets a huge deal to go to the Broncos. Jawan Taylor, huge deal to go to the Chiefs. Orlando Brown, who was a guy that was connected a lot to the Patriots, again, pretty de- not not the biggest deal, but a decent sized deal to go elsewhere, and people are kind of like well what's the deal why why wouldn't you do that you need to protect mac jones the guys that they brought in you know in in particularly the 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 non connor mcdermott's in Mm -hmm. uh, calvin anderson and riley reef serviceable okay
1: Mm -hmm. for sure
0: now what does that mean in your mind for number one trent brown Mm
1: -hmm. and
0: number two the patriots draft plans overall
1: Well, for Trent Brown, I think he's fine. He is far and away their best tackle, and it sounds like the team just thought that he had it down the ear last year, which pretty much tracks considering the offensive line situation, the offensive coaching situation, and the fact that he's been a pretty fantastic player for most of his career, or at least above average. Um, So Trent Brown, I don't really think any of this affects him. I saw some reports saying that uh, his contract is easier to cut loose, even easier than Riley Reeves. I think that's partially just Yeah, Yeah. and I think that's just a product of the fact that Trent signed his deal earlier. I think they wanted the flexibility of in the second year, like if he was truly bad and they saw a legitimate physical decline, then they maybe had the option to say, "Okay, we're going to move on. But it wasn't really a physical thing. It was more a lot of mental lapses, a lot of mistakes in that area. So you hope Adrian Clem can shore that up. So, yeah, Trent Brown, he's fine. Now, when it comes to. The draft, I st- I think they set themselves up well. If they can't get someone like uh, uh, Daryl Wright, who you know I'm a big fan uh, of, no, right? If they can't get if they can't get somebody like that who can plug and play. You know, he comes into camp and that's the guy that you expect to start. Um, I think they'll still be all right. Like I said, Riley Reif is, as you said. Put it perfectly a serviceable starter. You know, he's not really going to be a guy where you never have to worry about him. But at the same time, you're not going to hear his name all the time, almost like a Connor McDermott, you know, he was had a similar situation where he wasn't killing the team. It's just the level of play he was giving you did hold him back a bit. And I think he's a bit of an upgrade over that. Now again, sorry, draft. They set themselves up so if they want to go for maybe like a Matthew Bergeron from Syracuse, maybe somebody who's going to be available later in the second round, maybe third round, they have the flexibility to wait and say, "Okay, we'll find the best value rather than having to use the 14th pick on an offensive tackle when realistically a lot of the real freak athletes who are going to be generational talents are most likely going to be gone.
0: Yeah, I agree. And I think there's a very good chance because you have a couple of offensive line needy teams like... The other team that I spend a lot of time paying attention to, the Chicago Bears, they are setting up to need a tackle. That's probably going to happen. I mean, you've been hearing about the Jets needing a tackle. I mean, just like last year, you had a run on tackles where you had three in the top 10. And you Mm kind of wondered where they were going to slot in, but it happened. And I could see that definitely being something that takes place. So it's good to set yourself up in a position where if there is a guy there that you really like, if... Somehow, I, I don't. I don't know if Broderick Jones is going to make it there, but if you really mm-hmm. like Paris Johnson Jr. or you really like Peter Skoronsky, that mm-hmm. that is a possibility for you to do. But I noticed that the first thing that you did was jump to the second tier of offensive tackles and Darnell right? Mm-hmm. Big fan, big fan, absolutely love that yep. guy.. Yep. And that makes me wonder, if you had the number 14 overall pick and all three of those tackles were gone, what would you do? Because I think, I think I you know, know.
1: I, I, I think, you know, too. <laughs> yeah, but I want to hear you say it. I want to hear you. Say I'm, it. I'm putting Zay flowers on that card before I'm on the clock, man. Are you kidding me? Let's it's go. a no brainer. No brainer to me. Now, I think this receiver class is interesting. So they're not top heavy. You know, you don't have that guy who's six feet tall, 200 pounds is fast. And who you say, OK, this guy, you know, there's no physical limitations that I'm really worried about. His skill set's fantastic. He's got the production. Lock it in. There's no one like that. I think Zay Flowers and JSN are the closest you have where they have the production. You know that, at least in college, they've shown they can carry a pretty heavy workload and be successful. Now, where Zay kind of takes the cake for me is the fact that he plays closer to like, and this is lofty praise, of course, but more of an Antonio Brown, or even if you want a Tyler Lockett, where they're smaller guys, but they're quick They're fast, they're physical at the catch point, and they will make catches that a lot of the guys on your roster who are six feet and over aren't even going to make. So he excites me because I think he can play anywhere. Obviously, if you have a bigger corner on who's going to jam him, if that guy makes contact, then yeah, Zay's going to have trouble. But But he's quick enough off the line. Exactly, that's the thing, where it's like, yeah, sure, but if you miss, I'm going right past you, and I'm probably going to score. So I think he has a well-rounded skill set where – some people think that 14 is too rich for their blood, but if you're getting a well-rounded player who's gonna be, who can be the focal point of your passing attack, who cares if you got him at 14 or if you got him at 20 at the end of the day? You know what I'm saying? If you got a guy who's productive, if he's gonna make Pro Bowls for you, if he's the reason that you're winning games, going to the playoffs, you are not going to care when he was drafted. So I think Zay Flowers would be the best pick if they don't go for a tackle because he completely changes the way that people have to plan for your offense. I I might put,
0: I, I would probably put Jackson Smith and Jigba. A step above that, just in terms of because I I think that he's really really good and mm-hmm. and I think that yes. he's mm-hmm. arguably the, the better player. But Zay Flowers, the fit to me works really well. The fact that you highlighted this, the fact that he w- was working the Haas Juke down there at the Shrine Bowl, yes. they have been putting him through that ringer. Okay, they want they wanted him specifically mm-hmm. at the Shrine Bowl, and so to me that that tells me a lot. The fact that they honed right. in on him that soon, and look. 14 might be a little bit rich. Maybe here's the thing. You could say, oh, yeah, that that feels like a trade back to me. But this is also the team, and this wasn't a trade back situation, but this was also the team that took Cole Strange in the first round last year. Mm -hmm. It kind of proves to me that if they feel like they want a guy and they don't think he's going to last too much longer, which, to be honest, Zay Flowers would not last that much longer after number 14, I don't Mm -hmm. think. Especially once Zay yeah. Flowers or runs Jackson Smith and Jigba goes off the board, we saw it last year, right? Yeah. As soon as the receiver started coming off the board, it was like Drake London first, and then it was Garrett Williams, and then Chris Olave. They they, yeah. they all started going in in succession, mm-hmm. basically.
1: So at some point, I feel like if, if you want to pull the trigger on the guy, just do it. You know what I mean? Absolutely. And then there's also the fact that what the difference maker is where a lot of these guys actually go versus where the tape and like slots them and where a lot of draft analysts on Twitter expect is the personality, the interviews, what happens when they actually meet the person, Zay flowers. If you, you know, we love AJ, Snyder, AJ Snyder, Brett Coleman, bootleg podcast is fantastic. They yeah. had Zay flowers on the show. If you listen to this guy, oh, yeah. it sounds like he's already been in the league for a couple of years, professional, yeah. extremely hard worker do put on 10 or 13 pounds just for the senior bowl, still ran really fast at the combine. I mean, when you, Talk about a guy who is a plug and play starter. I mean, if you put him in your building, it changes so many things. The, com- the competitiveness. Remember, how Edelman at practices used to piss everybody off. Chum used to say, "Yeah, even before he was a starter, I hated the kid because he was always talking. He was always going too hard." But I'm like, dude, this is. I'm trying to like go light. This is just camp. I'm a vet, and you're out here. Running 100% routes when we're going 50%. I think Zay Flyers could be that kind of presence in practices where the competitiveness, the talent, and all those things ramp up everyone around him, even though he's a younger guy. I mean, he did that at the combine. We're going to be
0: real, mm-hmm. right? Like Jordan yeah. Addison, we all thought, and I mean, Jordan Addison was kind of, you know, had a little back issue or whatever, but mm-hmm. you were looking at some of these receivers like, man, these workouts are not going the way that we expected and Zay Flowers was one of the first guys to really step up and be like, "No, I'm that dude. You wanted to yep. see me, you wanted to see me solidify my draft status? All right, here you go. 442. You want you want to see me go out run these routes? Sure, I'm going to go out and do these routes, making wild catches in the it drills. He, he goes for it. And I feel like it's a different energy, it's a different level of explosiveness. I would love to see it because look, the offensive line is obviously important, and we saw them take steps to address it. OK, because, look, first of all, I'm of the opinion the offensive line in terms of talent, it's not that bad. And even in terms mm-hmm. of production, they graded out better than you would have expected, except for right tackle, which now you have. So you have a couple of guys that, in theory, are better than what you would get out of Isaiah Witt and Marcus Cannon and Connor McDermott. OK, mm-hmm. now you got to start talking about ceiling because this is also about Mac Jones. Right. Do you want to maximize Mac Jones? And to me, that means you got to maximize his weapons.
1: Okay, Mm -hmm. offensive line sets the floor, receivers set the ceiling. How how does that grab you? I think that's pretty fair. And think about it, even like with the great Tom Brady, a lot of Tom Brady's brilliance was being able to take the more not only to say conservative, but some of the smarter throws that weren't the downfield bombs and things that we saw in Tampa, but they were the easy throws. And then you got the guys underneath who can do a lot more for you. And then it doesn't always have to be Mac making these crazy plays. Obviously, your first round quarterback, you want to be able to see that, and I think he's shown that he's got the capability. With Devontae Parker, you saw it pretty quickly where obviously they struggled in the beginning of the year but then by the time they got to the Ravens game they had that one mishap but they were connecting downfield consistently so he's got that ability but you also want to take some of that off of his shoulders where someone like Jacoby Myers who's getting 10 targets a game just isn't really going to do that for you so I think there's more talent on this roster that people give it credit for I think a lot of what the concern is is that a lot of these guys are unproven you know Hunter Henry is a much better receiver than he gets credit for But he's been inconsistent because he's dealt with injuries, although to his credit, he's always on the field. He still guts it out, and he's played every game as a Patriot. That is very notable. Kendrick Bourne hasn't shown that he can do it outside of some seriously impressive splash plays. You know, I, I don't want to underrate because this guy could come into the season and say, hey, I'm sick of being on the bench all the time and being an afterthought. I'm ready to take this offense over. Hope that happens, but we'll see. Um, and they're clearly trying to get uh, the offense some more speed and explosiveness. They saw it in the second round with Tyquan Thornton, more of a downfield guy, but he's got the speed where he can take a screen, and if you get him daylight, he's gone. So I really do think they're trying to emphasize taking some of the pressure off of Mac, always having to make the right read with guys who can either separate, have the frame where if he throws it up, they can get it, and then they can make more happen rather than just catch it, get down, you know, next play. You know what? You you
0: highlighted a couple of interesting things about Tyquan Thornton. I'd love to hear you get into it about what you think his role is going to be. Because last year, I mean, he was buried on the depth chart a little bit. He was hurt, right? So he starts mm-hmm. the season late. And then it feels like the Patriots did not have a great concept of how to use him. But my mm-hmm. first thought, one of my first thoughts with Bill O'Brien working with Tyquan Thornton is this is the guy that turned Will Fuller into a, I can score a touchdown on every single play guy. Did
1: you, Do you, see, you see that Tom tweet? Muggleton Did you see that? my tweet? <laughs> what? I, 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 about a few weeks ago I was saying I'm pretty convinced that uh, Tyquan Thornton is going to be the next Will Fuller and that's because they're both guys especially with Will Fuller he had himself a bit of an injury history not the biggest guy so he was someone where he was used more in the intermediate part of the field where he could use the threat of his speed to get open and then make the big plays instead of having to be over the middle all the time which is where you I would expect more of like a juju to be because he's got the size to be able to take a lot of those hits now with Thornton I think even in the preseason, we saw him used in the Jacoby role where it was a lot of Z. He's off the ball. He's primarily outside sometimes in the slot. But it's a lot of you know him inside inserting in the run fits on gap schemes, even though yeah. he's a smaller guy. That said a lot to me where I expected them to try to keep him away from the middle of the field. And they said, no, we're going to insert him in these fits and have him be an impactful player a la Edelman and uh, Jacoby Myers. But with Thornton, he can turn the plays where Jacoby had to make a contested catch into plays where he gets separation because of either his speed or his quickness. And I think that when you think of Jacoby's role, it can be split into, okay, all the slot stuff, the scheme touches, all the underneath things where for Jacoby it was like, hey, just, you know, catch the ball and get to the first down marker. We're not really expecting much else. That's where you give it to Juju and you're going to get more. And then you expand on Jacoby's downfield role where he's running the crossers, the corners, the digs against mostly off coverage, which is easier for someone like Thornton in his speed. Then you get bigger plays because Thornton can catch it and then get more yards after the catch. Again, he's not someone I want people to think is like an express. Oh, I'm sorry, an impressive yak guy. You know, he's not really going to be making a ton of guys miss. But like I said, if you give him daylight, he showed in college, he's got that 4-2 speed where he'll be gone. So I think that they really – it's less that they replaced Myers and it's Taequann Thornton is going to take, like I said, the downfield role, more of the outside stuff, and then Schuster can expand on the underneath and inside routes.
0: Very interesting. And and to that end, I, I think it's interesting, and this is kind of more of a throwaway thought than anything, I think it's interesting to see how this wide receiver group ends up taking shape because right mm-hmm. now – It's solid. If you did add another rookie, which I hope that they do, I think that that could mean you keep all of the veteran receivers that you have coming back, including Smith-Schuster. But there are a couple of them that are not on the books for 2024 that might be trade bait for some people. So I, I, I don't want to speculate on that too much right now. It's just going to be an interesting thing to keep an eye on. And, you know, hopefully we'll get a chance to have a look at that when we go down to Gillette Stadium in in a couple of months and and see how everything's taking shape. Now, let's skip over to the defensive side of things a little bit. You brought this up that largely it's the same roster, the same general Mm -hmm. people. How do they take the step forward from being a good defense to one that can more reasonably compete with elite quarterback and wide receiver combinations?
1: Yeah. So the first step I think is to get a corner with size and length, or at least one or the other where they can use it to really be more of competition against the bigger true number one receivers that the Patriots struggled against last year. Now, John Jones is a fantastic number two corner, fantastic slot corner. I think he excelled in those roles, but then we saw him get exposed. And at some points I think it was technique, like against Stephon Diggs and T. Higgins, he gave up some pretty important catches where it's like, all right, John, you're not even looking at the hips. You know, you're kind of falling for an initial move, and then they're getting easy separation on you that you wouldn't expect. But beyond that, there were plenty of times where he was right in the defender's hip pocket, him, Marcus Jones, Jack Jones, all those undersized corners, and they just couldn't make the play because they're not big enough to actually contest the plays. Now, if they got someone like I've been pining for Rocky Sin, I think he's already been in a Patriots-esque system with Pat Graham and with the Raiders. He's got that length. He's a fantastic cover corner. I had a thread. That wasn't a thread, but I had a compilation of his main coverage clips where you can see how smooth he is transitioning and how good he is in that type of role. I also think it would give them the ability to match up which is what Belichick likes to do, you know, have a basketball team where you have different skill sets and you can say, all right, you know, uh, back in the day it was Gilmore. You take the number one, JC, you take the big receiver that makes all the big downfield catches, John Jones, you take the quick, fast guy, and it doesn't matter where they line up. You just follow them. They couldn't really do that last year because they won. A lot of rookies were playing a lot of snaps. You know, obviously, Jack Jones, Marcus Jones played more than people expected because Jalen Mills and John Jones had some injury issues throughout the season. But John Jones was the only one they really trusted to truly match up on those number ones. So I think if you get someone like a Rocky Center or a true man coverage corner with length, that makes you a lot better and a very good secondary turns into a great secondary where you can't really go in saying, all right, we'll be able to go funnel things through our number one, but you know, it's going to be a big U game. Then it's like, okay, this is going to be a dog fight. We got to bring it. And of course Devin McCoy, has gone. They need someone on the back end who has that ability to communicate, get everyone lined up, you know, uh, change plays when necessary and also be a reliable tackler where as the last line of defense, he's not giving up big plays or letting people get behind him. Once they get that, they have a lot of safety types on the roster, but Duggar has some experience in college. I'm still worried about him as a consistent tackler coming from all the way deep because he's had some tackling issues in his career. But if they wanted to go with more of a, you know, all these strong safeties, you're never going to know who's actually rotating – you know, I think that's fine until you realize, like we did la- uh, last year on the first week of the season, where Jalen Waddell took the slant all the way home because Kyle Duggar took a bad angle and missed the tackle. You know, that plan is great until the execution doesn't work and you're like, oh, well, we don't have a real free safety. And like I mentioned earlier, Taylor Rapp, they've been talking about him. He doesn't move the needle for me a ton, but he's a versatile player. He's a decent tackler. He misses some as well, but I think overall, he tends to bring guys down when they're in his, uh, when he, wraps him up. So yeah, if they can get that main cover guy, get that free safety, then the secondary looks a lot better. And then you truly complement the pass rush, which did a lot of the heavy lifting last season.
0: Yeah. And you know what? I and people have brought the idea of like, oh yeah, maybe they could move John Jones to, to free safety. I, I feel like if you're gonna do that like in-house options, I would rather it be Jalen Mills and then mm-hmm. you get and then you get one of those other cornerbacks that's a true outside guy. Because Jalen Mills even said, like, hey, y'all know I played safety, right? Like, that's what I really do. That's when he was at his best in Philadelphia. I really think that year of playing safety is what made him his money over here mm-hmm. with, with the Patriots. So, but, but even then, right, is he a true free safety? Is that really who we want to be relying on? I feel like that's kind of the, the the question we also want to ask ourselves. So I I I know that they don't seem to be content purely at the position, so we'll see what they end up doing. Let's – pan out a little bit to the division okay so Mm -hmm. we talked about this the patriots got better but Mm -hmm. it's more marginal than like oh man they really got better the rest Mm -hmm. of the division i mean the bills are the bills still and then the dolphins went out and traded for jalen ramsey and Mm -hmm. the jets seem to be on the verge of trading for aaron Rodgers. when you look at the on on paper but a little bit in practice as well where does this leave the patriots Are they destined for the bottom or are they still competitive enough to where a good roster can can give them a, a shot at the wild card, even with all these tough teams?
1: Yeah, well, I think as it stands, they are the fourth place team in uh, the best division in football. You know, I I know that people don't like to hear that they are last in the AFCs. But again, if you're the worst team in the best division, you're probably still going to make the playoffs as long as you do what you're supposed to do. And you win enough games, obviously, cross that threshold. So, I mean, when you look at the Bills, like you said, they have the best quarterback receiver duo that can legitimately win them the game at any time as long as it's close. Aaron Rodgers is Aaron Rodgers, and the Jets' defense is fantastic. His receiving core, we'll see how he develops with Garrett Wilson, but Alan Lazar doesn't really scare me, and who knows what's going on with Elijah Moore. But still, Aaron Rodgers is Aaron Rodgers, great defense. And then, obviously, Miami is one of the most talented teams in football, period, on both sides of the ball, with top-tier talents. Obviously, they got Ramsey. Uh, Even David Long, Jr., I think, is going to be a difference maker for them in the front. Uh, You got X, then you got Tyreek Waddle. You know, they've just got so much talent everywhere. They can just they can manhandle you just you know by showing up some days if you don't handle your business. So yeah, it's also I keep stressing this, it is so so early in the offseason. You know I mean like we're gonna get to the point where yeah, then they're gonna be in camp and we're gonna say, Well, remember, the Patriots always have some big trade, you know, before the season actually starts. There's so many parts of the offseason we still have to get through, haven't even reached the draft yet, so we don't know where the holes will be heading into week one. So again, I, I I think most people understand that, just important to reiterate. But realistically, yes, they are the fourth place team in the AFC East, but that's because the teams above them just have a ridiculous amount of either talent, quarterback, uh, uh, quarterback position, or really good coaching staffs. Really all of them have good coaching staffs, so that makes it tough as well.
0: Yeah, and you would hope that, I mean, again, the draft goes well, and ultimately it seems like the Patriots are kind of set in their way of we're not going to overpay for mid. You know, we Mm -hmm. will take, you know, bargain guys and coach them up really well and do our thing. And, hey, at at the end, generally we're going to be there. And you know what? I would say this. They would have been a playoff team last year if they had a competent offense, specifically if they had had a competent offensive coach. So it stands to reason that a decent Patriots team, specifically a decent offense, Will be elevated by Bill O'Brien. And maybe you can have maybe you can scrape out nine wins and make the playoffs. But again, it's kind of one of those: are you make are you making the playoffs just to get pimp slapped by the Bills or by the Chiefs? <laughs> or the Bengals. What what whoever makes it to the top.
1: Yeah, that's a very fair point. And then when you think about even like you said, if they were competent on offense last year, they would have been better. Think about uh, the Ravens game. They had two fumbles that basically put the game completely out of reach. The Packers game, they took all the way down to overtime with Bailey Sappy. A lot of these of the Raiders obviously was just one of the most awfully incredible things I've ever seen in my life. So yes, I think it's fair to say, especially considering, like we said, they've upgraded in a lot of spots, the places where they had glaring weaknesses. Now, I think you say, okay, you can upgrade, but if you went into the season, Bill O'Brien can make this work. You know, he can take all these ingredients and turn it into a real fine gumbo. So I, I think that again, it's with them being fourth place in terms of their ranking, it's concerning, but there's other teams they've got to play. At the end of the day, coaching, execution, all of these things matter, not talent, not the names on the roster. So I think Bill O'Brien and Adrian Clem, especially more than any free agents, are the biggest gets that are going to make a difference and make them comp- more competitive in, against those types of teams. Whereas last year, like you said, against the Bills, you're kind of expecting them to not really be particularly close. And even though you know, in the in the stat sheet, the Bills' games were closer than they've been in a while. They were in control for the good amount of those games, yeah. and you never really felt like it was one that the Patriots had a real shot at, especially if it was a one possession contest. So, we'll see how much progress comes with all the changes they've made. But I, I do genuinely think they're heading in the right direction. Yep,
0: we will indeed see. I agree with you. I think that again, the 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 movement has been positive. There needs Mm -hmm. to be more positive movement, but it's been in the right direction so far. Let's move the needle even more in the coming months. We shall see how that goes. Taylor Kyles, Patriots guy for CLNS. Thank you so much for joining me for this. And I hope that you enjoy the hell out of your new role. Tell everybody where they can follow your work at.
1: Thank you, man. Again, great to be on. Appreciate you always. Uh, Yeah, you can find me on Twitter. My name is right there at kyles 39 and You can also find me on CLNS Media.
0: Excellent, my friend. I'll see you around.
1: Yes, sir. Thank you again.